This is Dave Moss of the Unfunded List, and I'm pleased to bring you the Open Door Philanthropy Podcast. I hope you enjoy it. This is a continuation of our conversation with Rod, Heidi, and Lior Ip from the Rod and Mary Foundation. Episode one featured mostly founder Rod Roddenberry. This episode begins with the questioning of the president of the foundation, Heidi Roddenberry. Rod and Lior Ip, the foundation CEO, chime in where appropriate. Enjoy. How did you learn about uh, philanthropy? Yeah, I was been thinking since you asked Rod about that. Um, I feel like because I don't have a clear memory of like the first time I gave anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I made gifts for my family. You made things? I'm sh- well. I'm you know like as you do as a child when you draw or I like drawings and stuff. That's um, nice. But I think through the church was probably the first. <laughs> either church or um, school, but I always went to private school, so that generally had an affiliation with a church. And in my family, education was really important, and my dad was a self-described agnostic, So, and my mother was, was Catholic, so uh, it's not that we're a religious family, mm-hmm. but um, I always was at a private school that generally was either Catholic or Episcopalian, mm-hmm. and so school I think is the first I either I had I went to church I went to Catholic Church at the very beginning of like when I was young and then that kind of ended when my brother and I were like this is ridiculous <laughs> so it does seem silly I, I, I don't think I've ever been to mass but um. yeah so anyways um, so I think by by school and church was probably the first time I ever had a concept of charity and only then after College, I think, is the first time that I either tithed, you know, like giving money to Greenpeace or, you know, the whales or something, and and only then, only as an adult, did I would I go to a food kitchen and help serve, and I never did anything regularly because, as you can tell, I moved a lot in my whole life. So mm-hmm. I'm a lot of I I'm, I tend to do a lot of different things. So I think that's the closest. Hmm. Um, Interestingly, when Rod and I got together, I went through some career changes. I was a, a marketing executive, uh, a sales process consultant. I would help Fortune 500 companies make more money or figure out predictable revenues. And uh, as Rod and I, as our relationship got closer and closer, um, my career, I, I kind of stepped off this uh really aggressive career path that I was on. And then I made a leap into the nonprofit world, or tried. But it was really interesting to be an efficiency consultant. And <laughs> I don't know, the nonprofits yep. that I went to kind of were like, mm, 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 different here. So it was, it was a rough go, but finally I got into the nonprofit world. And then that's what shifted everything for me about seeing what we could do for the world and all the problems that I saw. Mm-hmm. even being in charities. And that was around the time that Rod was figuing out whether or not, well, about putting the foundation together. 
I have, I always, in case you haven't noticed, a lot of people help me do things. All the credit that goes to me, Rod figuring it out. Rod, <laughs> Rod is presented with certain things, and Rod chooses one and says, that sounds good. How do we do that? And then mm -hmm. someone helps me do that. And, and then someone else comes in, like Lior, and says, you know, here's a couple of great ideas. And we're like, oh, that sounds good. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. So um, I haven't painted myself that great here, but still, I don't care. We'll, we'll make you look, it's okay. make you look good. Too, but, but no, but it, it, you're, I think you're making an important point. It's, you have to do, this stuff's hard, and you need to have help to do it. I don't think anybody does their philanthropy all by themselves. And... Well, and, but I was thrilled. So it was like a dream come true, because then, boom, we officially started the foundation, mm -hmm. and then I got to wake up every day and go, how are we going to make the world a better place? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a um, – actually, my next question is, uh, I looked at your LinkedIn, which – LinkedIn, oh. LinkedIn will tell you about. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> and I did see, I saw that you had been a development director somewhere and also yeah. and also worked in sales. Uh, that's very interesting. I've, I've raised money and and, um, and given money. Uh, and I find that um, that's it's extremely useful uh, for both things. I'm a much better fundraiser because I've given money mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and vice versa. Um, which uh, of the two things, which do you think is harder? raising money. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Uh, you've got to get clear on what you're doing and then finding the, the funder who mm -hmm. thinks, you know, thinks the same way as you. What, what's interesting... How did you find them when you were a development director? Uh, well, you're going to hate this, but I came from the business world, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, hey, there's a lot more money in companies. <laughs> Let's did, how, did, did, how did that work out for you? Did you raise a lot of money <laughs> from the company? Uh, it was a lot more bang for the buck. Yeah, so we would, and this was a small um, It was something to do with oceans. I, yeah, exactly. I didn't write it down. Yeah, small environmental nonprofit. And so there were a lot of, surfers and scuba divers and you know the individual that would give you know 30 bucks or and so I would augment that type of giving with we had major give major funders and then I thought like hey why don't we match some of this with corporate stuff and I found this interesting pocket of money called mitigating funds mitigation funds mm -hmm. from big companies that misbehave like oil companies so they have a spill, and then the government says, bad, clean it up, and now you owe however many hundreds of millions of dollars to the people mm -hmm. for... The judge will order them to, they have to give it to a 501c3 working on that issue. Bingo, yeah. I've so heard of this, but I don't think I've ever, I, I, I don't have much experience with it. Yeah. This is really interesting. You raise, and I would think it's possible to raise a lot of money that way. Yeah, yeah. But again, you have to help a, a company mitigate. Well, but interestingly, to your earlier point, they will look for things that will be beneficial mm -hmm. to them. So, for instance, there's ocean exploration efforts going on out there. Mm -hmm. And guess who finds that really interesting? The oil, oil companies, companies. perhaps? What, would their, what possible interest could they have in yeah. that? Because they're explorers, natural-born explorers. That's why. That, that's why. <laughs> that's exactly why. Yep. Uh, fascinating. Um, that's right. Uh, so uh, is the, it's been a while since you were there. Are they still raising? How are they doing? Are they raising mitigating funds? 
they're going to be like, Whoa! Does that become a long-term strategy for them? No, I think they're, they're more. <clears throat> that would be my, like again, I haven't spent too much time, but I would think one of the problems with that is the, the sustainability, right? Because eventually that company no longer has to, and a donor who's being forced to support your cause is not the ideal, probably not the ideal situation. Well, and what I've learned now as being a philanthropist as well is we've got a lot of... <laughs> kind of like for the forced volunteering. Rod and I had to do. Right. 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 <laughs> we were mitigating. There's, 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 a, there's a lot of charities. A lot, a lot, a lot. And there's a lot of funders. And there's a lot of... Almost 2 million 501c3s in the U.S. alone. Right. And so we're just a big mess where cha charities are doing the same thing and, and fighting for the same dollars. And we've got funders that are funding parallel projects. And, and so that's one of the goals that we, a uh, sub-goal that we have at our foundation is to try to figure out how can we improve charitable giving? Because there's, there's a lot of mm -hmm. little charities. And so, and, and the one that I work for, it's, it's, a, it's a locally focused one, right? They had citizen scientists that were helping with water quality samples and they're raising white sea bass to try to mm -hmm. improve the stocks. And it, I think there's a place for local and global as well, but but we're trying to figure out if we can improve efficiencies, if we can figure out how can we get funders to realize that we can work together and work better together, and then maybe we can start actually making headway on some of these challenges we've got. Uh, excellent. I have one uh, one more big question for you, uh, and then some uh, questions for Laura, and then uh, we'll wrap up, I think, maybe 15 more minutes. Okay. Uh, so uh, we talked about uh, corporate philanthropy, uh, some of my concerns there, uh, and uh, religious philanthropy as well. Uh, I have concerns about many other forms of philanthropy. Uh, and just because I have, I should point out that just because I have concerns about something doesn't mean that I think it needs to go away. In fact, uh, if I think it needs to go away, I don't bother to explain my concerns. I just say this thing, could, this thing should go away. It's useless. Um, right? I don't, like, I don't uh, list all of my specific problems with Donald Trump. It's just the guy that this guy has to go. Um, no point in talking about what thing he did this week is worse. It's no, just we got to get this. This is this guy's a problem. He has to go. Um, the one of the things, that, another thing that's been new in philanthropy that I'm quite interested in, uh, but do have some concern on, is is prize philanthropy. Uh, when we were born, there was the Nobel Prize, uh, and that was more or less it. Uh, now, and there's a lot more prizes now. Uh, and the, yours is not one that concerns me particularly. Um, the, the some of the, the ones that are that are that have corporate funding, uh, where they're uh, I mean, some of these are I have a real big problem with. Like, a, uh, I won't name any names, but uh, there's one that identifies corporate sponsors who only have to put up the money if a viable solution that can help their company is is discovered. So a bunch of people end up working for that company for nothing, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you only get it if and like that is just not how like that that's not how we're gonna play bridge in the world. Um, and I th I think these companies are gonna learn that that it's it's, uh, it's not actually it's not gonna be helping any, either of their bottom lines. Uh, eventually, um, so that's one concern. One of the other ones is that I think uh, more often than not, these tend to identify people who have already won prizes and who already have uh, substantial support. Uh, for and I uh, and I want to say I like all of the Roddenberry Prize winners; they're fantastic. Uh, I think you did a really great job with that. I don't want it to go away, uh, but I do. I have enough. I've been to Roddenberry focus groups and been on phone calls and stuff, and I know that you're trying to you're trying to improve. It's one of the things I like. Uh, about you folks, uh, you know, I think um, the I've and I have I forgot to write down the names of things before, but uh, so Farm Drive in Kenya, I think it's unlikely you would have found them uh, through traditional Absolutely philanthropy. Not. Right, I, we, I wouldn't. Have. 
Uh, and I think that's great when we can find stuff like that. And, and let me tell you, you can't just solicit proposals from Kenya or at more or less anywhere in Africa. It's one of the things that uh, I get a lot of um, unfunded stuff from inside Africa. And uh, it's, it's, it's really hard for me because, one, I can't tell. Most of it's a scam, and I can't always tell. Uh, and that, and I, then I feel racist for assuming that, and it's, uh, but I'm right, <laughs> uh, and it's very, very difficult, right? But, uh, so, uh, but in contrast to Farm Drive, I mean, uh, Opus, Opus 12 and Cancer Cell Map Initiative, I, I knew about those before you announced them. I mean, there was a, one of them was an Echoing Green finalist. Opus 12, he seems to win everything. And not because not he's doing, not because he's like, I don't mean to say it's bad, like it's awesome. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it is. Uh, uh, but, and uh, in particular, uh, so they both have other support. The Cancer Cell Map Initiative has the support of the University of California system. It's an enormous. These are these people have a lot of uh, resources. Um, so uh, you know, like I said, I don't. Uh, you know, I think that this is uh, an interesting approach you've chosen, uh, and I'd love to. Uh, and when you, your original gift, uh, also to, uh, I think are they they might also be connected with the UC system. If I, Glass the Classroom uh, Center is it at one a one of the researchers. Is also a uh, beside, yeah. beside the point, uh, but you uh, so you, you went out in a more traditional way, found a cause you liked. They made a good pitch to you. They showed you, right? We've uh, done we've done a little bit. We could be doing a lot more. You went and you decided to make that gift, right? Uh, and you've and not that long shifted from doing it that way to to prize philanthropy. And I'd, and uh, like I said, I was at some Roddenberry focus groups. Uh, that's how I met uh, Lior here. Uh, and you were considering uh, basically uh, some different. I don't remember exactly. I remember I had to give you all the material at the end of the meeting. I wasn't allowed to keep it. <laughs> so I couldn't go back. I would have kept it. I would have looked, gone back and looked at it. But you had a couple different ideas that you were soliciting feedback from. Uh, and they were prize-ish. I think one of them might have been specifically a prize, but not exactly this. Anyway, I'm curious to know about the, <clears throat> the, that conversation internally that got you to, we're going to do this Roddenberry Prize. I, I'd love to have Lior. Yeah, I think they'd be. Or Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have an answer ready to go? I would like. I, I'd love to hear both of your, both of your answers on that. Well, I, I appreciate it, Dave, because you've been, you've done your homework. Um, we have, we have changed. Professor's son. Oh, oh hey. Doing my homework is not an optional situation. Yeah, thank you for thank yeah. you for telling me that. Um, <laughs> but we we have been. I mean, a, a lot of the change has come because we found Lior and brought him on board. But when we started. Uh, we were figuring ourselves out. Um, I, I don't think we've changed our mission too much. We still really want to find solutions that that gives us the best, like the most change, that can affect the most people. We want to improve life and living and the planet. We have big audacious goals, and, but we've we've really turned around how to do that. We began with these big. Grants and, and what's interesting about the Gladstone grant, we at the time we were like, yeah, we should have our name on it. So it's the Roddenberry Center for Stem Cell Biology. I mean, well, everyone uh, wants that too. People want because the name isn't just. I know you're getting to this point. It's not just ego, but go ahead. Well, you are a little far away. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but we. Um, we should own it to say that at the time, at this one, we felt like, yeah, our name should come, should go on it. Um, interestingly, we learned that that was really helpful to our name was really helpful to the Gladstone Institute because mm -hmm. we are not an unknown family, mm -hmm. and 
and an our gift then was parlayed into a lot more funding for this group, having have put our name on it. Um, but interestingly, we we have evolved where it once uh, you know we were the front page on the San Francisco Chronicle. You know, we we did this big gift. We ribbon, you know, we, we did the whole official mm -hmm. thing, put our name on it, and since then, we've never, like, we, we, like, we don't need to do that anymore. We were kind of like, okay, that was cool, but we don't need our name. It, yet, we've encountered lots of situations where they're like, can we please have your name? Can mm -hmm. we put your name on this? Can we, and... If you were to make an anonymous gift to someone, that would almost be cruel. Well, and that's, and so, so interestingly, a lot of the You've been a development director, you know how useful that would be to say, like, right. this well-known group supports us. Right. Yeah, and, and for sure, it's not like we hide our name. It's just that we don't insist on having signage and, you know, flags. And, my, my grandmother never met a plaque with her name on it she didn't like. And I, I mean, it used to be so confusing to me. I was like, no one knows who you are. Why do you, why, why do you need them to put up a plaque with it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh. So, so, but that, so that, was, that was an evolution. We, we um, had focus areas. We wanted to have something in education, something in environment and health and in science. Like that's kind of the way we started. And then as we went, we, we found that our formula wasn't really working except in research because we wanted to give a lot of money for something new and we wanted to give new theories a, a chance. But it was too high risk for such large grants. And so research was the only yeah. place that we kind of landed. So as we started looking at who, what the next iteration of the foundation is, we find Lior Ip, our CEO, and decide, let's turn this all around. Let's start embracing crowdsourcing. And prize philanthropy was one idea, partially because of Back to our name, we one of the ideas was: is there something out there that we can do that will inspire more people to 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 give us? Are there are there ideas out there for people that are not at the table? Uh, this was this new effort that we we that that's how we got to Africa, right? So we started putting our name out there and saying like, hey, are there are there ideas out there? And there's we have a lot of different programs set up. It's not just the prize, mm -hmm. we have a fellowship now. We've got the Catalyst Fund. We mm -hmm. we've re but but part of the whole reimagining of who we are is how you know we were living in research. You know, the Gladstone researchers are incredible. They're at the top of the game in the world of figuring out. They us. can turn skin into hearts, so yes. Yes, exactly. They sound like they're... And they're smaller, though, so they don't have all the bureaucracy, or as much as some of the larger institutions. Mm -hmm. right. that's, a good, that's a good point. Um, little people. Yeah. Little tiny people. Yeah. <laughs> no, some, some are tall. But no, anyway. I think it would make the, the specific research they do, it would be a lot easier if they were... <laughs> they're in it. If they were little miniature people, right? Like Stuart Little That's would be very good at this. You know, one of the things about prizes... It's an imperfect mechanism, um, mm -hmm. and one of the issues is in most of the work that any funder does is it's it's binary of winners and losers, and you can only fund so many organizations or individuals, and it doesn't mean that all the other funder, uh, organizations or individuals that you're not funding are are not worthy. Um, mm -hmm. But you know we're also operating in a in a imperfect ecosystem. F philanthropy is. Uh, terribly dysfunctional so we're doing uh we're operating um 
with imperfect tools and in an imperfect system. But uh, last year was the first year that we did the prize. This year, we're, or 2018, we're going to do a second year of the prize. And um, we're, we're trying to figure out how to address those issues. Mm -hmm. um, primarily, how do you find and source organizations and individuals who don't have the social capital and aren't already getting uh, recognized for the work that they're doing, um, which is, I think, what most prizes end up uh, serving uh, oftentimes. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, as Heidi said, it's one of you know multiple things that we're doing, and so we're, we're less worried about uh, finding small, unknown organizations, for instance, in Africa, because that's what we do with the Catalyst Fund. Mm -hmm. um, and the fellowship uh, serves other purposes, and, and, and the other work that we're doing does does different things as well. So, um, but it's it's a good point, and it's one that we're thinking about internally. Um, mm -hmm. It's not perfect. Yeah, excellent. So, do you do you anticipate that there will be some tweaks, changes to the absolutely to the yeah. program? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the things that's so incredible, and I love about our organization now, and it's really thanks to Lior. But we're really dedicated to trial. And, and just trying new things and taking those risks and seeing what works and, and giving a new opportunity. You asked earlier whether or not Rod believes whether or not Gene would be proud of the foundation. Mm. And from the beginning, we we did things that were, you know, we wanted to get water to people. We wanted to improve sanitation. We were very specific with life, living. How do you live better? And I always said, as we evolve as a foundation, I feel that it's important that we work into peace or head towards peace and justice work because Jean was very much about that, right? About, I don't want to say conflict resolution because we're, we're trying to get away from conflict. And one of the things that I love about what we're doing now is we really do want to give people the opportunity to... If they've got a, maybe they, maybe the idea to save the world is in Africa, right? We just want to give that person some, a chance. Some of the ideas that we would need are almost certainly in Africa. Right. And then, and what we're doing now with the fellowship is we're, we're, we're funding activism, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like Jane would be proud because we're, and, and one of the things I want to make clear too is we, we call it abundance-based activism. We're not funding violence. Uh, we're not funding, what, what we are funding is the, I, the, the idea of fixing what's, we're off course right now. And so we're stepping in and finally focusing domestically and saying like, hey, let's, let's help the areas that the government is no longer helping and put money towards activists and let's, let's start cleaning up our home. Uh, yes, well said. Uh, so uh, now I have some, um, some questions for Lior. I think a lot of um, a lot of folks, uh, in particular, uh, a lot of folks that um, I live in D.C. and I'm a little bit established in the nonprofit world now. And every now and then, someone comes to me because they're looking for a job somewhere in the either in D.C. or in the sector or something. Uh, and uh, oftentimes, it's um, they want to work at a foundation. Uh, and these are interesting conversations. I actually just had one last week. One of my mother's students uh, at Duke University. Uh, she's a professor there, and uh, former. Lots of times her former students, um, she passes them off to me to help mm -hmm. them get jobs. Um, and uh, they uh, often, they really, they want to work at a foundation, right? Because giving money away sounds like a really interesting way to, to spend your professional hours. Um, but they really don't know, they don't know how to go about it. They're not, I think they're not entirely sure what the actual work inside the foundation looks like. Uh, I've um, been... Me neither. <laughs> well, 
uh, it was I, I I first encountered the Roddenberry Foundation uh, at that uh, focus group lunch uh, in San Francisco, and then uh, and I know you were traveling. You did several of those lunches because uh, I also helped with the one in D.C. We brought a bunch of Nexus folks, which was nice. I got two free lunches. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, the one in D.C. was at the Tavern Inn, which is a really nice restaurant. That was very nice of you folks. Um, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the specifics of that project, right? You were going around doing focus groups, right? Uh, getting data and stuff. Uh, but like as a professional who works for the foundation, what is that? Um, what, what, I mean, what was the day-to-day like on a project like that? Trying to help folks give their money away. Well, that specific project was related to some of the work that, that Heidi mentioned earlier, which was... Um, one of the things that we do in addition to actually giving money away is is uh, we want to play some role in, in contributing to the field, mm-hmm. um, which, as I think we've all mentioned over the last hour and a half, is 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 far from from perfect. Um, and we we've anyone who spends enough time on this recognizes that there's serious issues in philanthropy, particularly foundation philanthropy. Right, so uh, there's not enough transparency. It's not responsive. There's no collaboration. Um, people don't know what they're doing or how to give them money away strategically. And so one of the projects that we did early on that you were involved with at these lunches um, was was trying to ascertain uh, what the pain points were for people who are in philanthropy. In other words, what are they seeing? What are the issues that they care about? Where do they see some of the um, opportunities for for improvement uh, within philanthropy? And, and that, so that project... Is an ongoing one. That that is, it's a it's sort of a meta project that we've adopted as we do all the work that we're doing um, in terms of uh, the traditional funding that we do. Uh, is thinking about ways in which we, as a small foundation, can contribute to the discourse and potentially action around doing philanthropy differently. Um, and so it started that that part of the project was a. Uh, was the tail end of a of about six or seven months of essentially a listening tour that we did with executives uh, at big and small foundations around the country uh, to really try to understand where what the issues were from mm-hmm. their perspective, and then we we integrated them into some of the things that we're doing, and and we've adopted them in terms of so one of the w- easiest ways to we think that to try to change philanthropy is to model philanthropic behavior that's different from what other people are doing. Uh, so the, the 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 prize, the fellowship, the catalyst, how we communicate, everything that we do, we try to uh, model different behavior um, that we're hoping will uh, yield a positive impact amongst other foundations. So we we uh, admit to mistakes that we've made. We share impact reports and what mm-hmm. what we've learned. We we try to be transparent. We try to be communicative. We try to collaborate as often as we can. Um, so all the things that we recognize as issues, we try to address through our own behavior. Um, and then next year, we're going to take some of the stuff that we learned through the process that we were doing with you and uh, try to figure out what, if we can't sort of develop some initiatives around that. Hmm. Uh, uh, very interesting. Uh, so uh, you mentioned, and I, and I guess I remember that they were all, everybody in that uh, that first lunch was, they were all working in, in philanthropy on, yep. the, on the giving side of things. That's right. Um, it's very interesting. Um, the uh, do you in my experience of philanthropy, I'm actually surprised to the extent that the different foundations do not talk to each other. Yep. Um, one of my experience, one of my initial experiences in like big time philanthropy, uh, Slingshot <coughs> Day, which is like Nexus but only for Jews. Uh, there were two very large, well-known um, Jewish funders. Actually, they are themselves very small, but um, 
older Jews, Mel Brooks looking <laughs> sort of. That's the, the, my Mel Brooks theory of Jews is eventually at the end of your life you you look like Mel Brooks. <laughs> it's certain. Doesn't matter what you look like as a as a young man. <laughs> eventually, uh, that's what happens. Um, but um, they it when I saw the two of them talking, I I I'll admit it now. I, I started trying to. I pretended like I was drinking my coffee and I listened in, right? Because they were these were two guys that uh, I admire as philanthropists. They funded a lot of the in Jewish world. There's not that many things to fund, um, and they funded all the same things together. These two guys didn't even know didn't know each other. Had never met each other. Uh, didn't even know that they were like, oh, you funded that too. I didn't realize, right? They were not. And these are like some of the mainstays. I mean, these guys are funding birthright together. Uh, and like a lot of the other things that are in the, the UGA system, things that are mainstays of Jewish American life. And these are, these are this is not a small amount of support. There's a very, very large amount of support for these groups, and they are not communicating about it. It's entirely possible these folks are asking for money for the same thing, which, probably, which, which, which is what I would be doing if I were them. Um, so uh, it's interesting to me to hear that you want to have, a, have communication with other philanthropists. Do you, how, how often do you communicate with other foundations? Uh, I mean, I mean, as often as we can. I mean, we, 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 we have an initiative that we sort of shelved because the fellowship became um, uh -huh. more important this year. And um, that was completely geared towards uh, collaborative funding with other foundations. And, uh -huh. and, and um, we began having conversations with folks around that, and we'll continue to do that next year. Um, so we, we think it's a... It's an important piece of, of the work. Um, I agree. There's a lot of... For multiple reasons. There's a lot of potential in that. And certainly, if all these, if these foundations are really talking to each other, um, that's, that's just got to be causing all kinds of problems, stuff that I can't even... Um, I probably can't even imagine. And I'm imaginative when it comes to problems. <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, one of the other things that I think has a lot of promise, and I saw one of the... Uh, <laughs> so I, I recommended the fellowship to a lot of folks. Uh, and so a lot of those applications were me active. When I was shortlisting, I had to X myself out a few times because I knew those folks. Um, uh, one of them forwarded me uh, an email from you guys. You're interested in trying to connect some of the applicants, possibly even the applicants that, that you chose not to fund. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, in addition to foundations talking to each other, foundations playing a role in connecting folks that it, even uh, at the basically the, the low-hanging fruit seems to be connecting grantees to each other. <laughs> but even you could be going beyond that. Like, just because you didn't fund it doesn't mean you... And they would universally appreciate the introductions or, you know, or whatever. It's a, it's a lot. Uh, it's like a spoonful of sugar with that with that rejection. Uh, well, how, is that, uh, how is that effort going? Well, so that, that I mean, that was, the, the, that's the, what we were talking about earlier, where you, you, you the system that we operate in is, is has winners and losers. And, and, and no one benefits from that. And when we did this fellowship, we didn't know what to expect in terms of um, the response that we were going to get. And we had about over 5,500 applications that were started and, and 3,000 that were submitted. And so uh, That's a lot. It, it was a lot. And um, it's, it spoke to the need. And, and we, when we finished the first round of applications, um, we wanted to know if there was going to be an interest um, in uh, uh, greater amounts of uh, collaboration and, and sharing. And so we sent out a survey, which is what you're referencing. Um, and we got uh, 2,000 people wrote back and said that they were definitely interested in being part of a, a, a shareable kind of 2,000 of the 3,000? 2,000 of the 5,000. Are interested in, in being in a uh, – that's great. Uh, and I, I did read uh, – I was helping shortlist, so I read, uh, I forget, about 60 of them. And they were uh, – it was really – it was a lot of fun. I love reading proposals. If, if I didn't, uh, I've made an interesting choice. Well, you, helped, you, helped, you helped us out, so thank you for that. 
Yeah, the um, we uh, no, and, and also I think it was interesting that you were uh, usually when I get asked to do that sort of thing, it's there. No one even mentions any kind of money. Uh, I do think it. I think it's important though that we did professional work be done professionally. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I was able to help out a lot with that because uh, it's easier to ask somebody to do something for a little bit of money than uh, than for nothing at all. And you're just, I mean, we live in a capitalist society. People are going to be paying attention more. Right, if they know, and they're going to be more accountable for it. So he was one of the we, we respect people's time. Um, so I have so a I have a committee of about 150 folks that volunteer for me. I don't <laughs> pay right. them, um, but we we review unfunded proposals every six months. Oh, and we, so yeah, so what happened was oh, we we uh, when when we um, no problem, glad to do it. Yeah, D Dave was a great help. When when we realized a few days before the deadline that we were going to get about 2,000 more applications than we needed, than we expected. We had to recruit about uh, 35 people to help shortlist, and Dave found uh, oh, no. a, a whole handful of them and, and, and shortlist and himself. And we paid $20 we, an hour. Yeah, we paid people um, because we respect their time, and, uh, mm -hmm. as we should. Well, it made it a lot easier for me to find to find you help. I would have been able to, to be helpful because these guys are they volunteer for me. But in order to – because they volunteer for me, I'm very, like, I can't demand – I have to yeah. give them – I give them six full weeks – and I'll give them a couple proposals each. Like, it's, this is very, it's very much on them. They are my, like, customer, really. They're the ones that I think about the most. Um, where you can be like, hey, listen, we need it done by September 1st when you're just by, uh, with a little bit of money. Uh, and most of these folks on my committee, they work in the nonprofit space. They, the extra income is, is helpful. DC is expensive. Right? Well, actually, my evaluators are from all over the world. Everywhere has become expensive. Um, but that's very, I'm, I'm very, I'll be very curious to hear the follow-up on how it goes connecting those folks. I'll say... There's a reason why other foundations don't do it. It's a tremendous amount of work. Um, these are an unruly group sometimes. Well, it's interesting. So when, when we did the prize, we, we also had one of the, the methods or the ways that we go about doing this is we have uh, judges that mm -hmm. help us determine who the prize winner is or what, who the fellows will be. And the, in a, several cases, the judges wanted to stay in touch and... Mm. Judges had ideas for some of the, the finalists, you know, about who to connect. And so we started seeing that there's a lot of really, it's more than just who's going to win the prize. Like we, we've brought together a really interesting group of people and there's a lot of mm. shared interest and a lot of complementary interest. And so that's another thing that sparked uh, an idea that we have about my ultimate hope is to build out a digital infrastructure that's going to enable these connections to to come together and see what can come of it, right? Mm -hmm. Can we start doing better? Well, you mentioned that you're – I'm very interested to hear that the judges are also interested in being, uh, in being connected. Uh, I've heard similar um, folks from, from my evaluators. Uh, they all do their review online, and a lot of them don't know each other. Uh, but often they do reach out to me. And they're like, I see this person's reviewing right. their work. Their work looks awesome. And I'm, of course, really happy to make those connections. And I think and I hadn't <clears> even <throat> thought about it until you just mentioned that. There'd be, there's a lot of other review committees out there in the world, uh, right? There's a, there's a huge committee uh, reviewing for, at MacArthur for 100 and change. Uh, you, guys have, you guys have judges. I've got evaluators. Almost every foundation has uh, folks that are doing it. And these are people who are in the space and who have uh, resources, monetary, media is a currency. Um, lots of other things that they can do. So there's, um, um, that's that's fair. That's I'm I'm that, I'm really interested in that. I, I quickly just want to say that we got to Leora last, and <laughs> he he just I don't want to say we were floundering and they didn't know what we were doing, but we were we were learning at a snail's pace and we were trying to do things and we didn't know what we were doing. But Leora really he, not just 
he didn't just help us take it to the next level, but he sort of blew it out of the water. He, you know, we, we interviewed him. We, we told him what we wanted to do in terms of that long-term perspective. He seemed to have his own sort of views that were similar, and, and we pretty much hit it off. But we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are today. And I'm not saying we're anywhere huge. We've just made, we've just grown the foundation exponentially since he's come on board. So uh, Lior's, mm -hmm. Lior's uh, amazing. Um, but thank you, Rod. I, I think the, uh, I have the great fortune, and for anyone who's going to be listening to this, who's thinking about going into the foundation world, um, I have the great fortune of working with an amazing board um, who I, I generally love. They're and, not all amazing. And respect, and they are not. And so <laughs> anyone who's going to this world, if you don't have, not to. If you don't have the great fortune of, that I do, you, you're, you will probably be unhappy. Um, and f very frustrated. And so we get to experiment and do really cool things and go in different directions. And most foundations don't do that. And that's a testament to the board. And um, we're, yeah, uh, we're, we're really lucky. Um, mm -hmm. And that might be the, the note to leave. We have a dinner reservation that we all oh, do. Uh, yeah, I ha uh, my last uh, question that's uh, for everybody <clears> I'd love to hear. Uh, we can, this one should be pretty quick. Uh, what's, the, uh, what's the biggest problem? that you think uh, today's philanthropists can solve in our lifetime? What's the biggest problem we can realistically solve? Individually or together? Because individually all, all no one's going to get anywhere. All of philanthropy. No, you, I, you won't be, I don't think you'll solve a huge problem on your own. Uh, but uh, perhaps once we get all the funders and evaluators and folks connected <laughs> and, are, and we've uh, you know, improved the field a bunch, um, then maybe we can then uh, you know, tackle a really big problem. Oh, I want to go, cause I wanna, but I must steal Heidi's. <laughs> I'm I think still it's, Heidi's I think too, if it's a good one. If you have all the same answer, that's going to be a pretty good sign. Well, no, but Heidi, uh, empathy. Hmm. Heidi, uh, we did something with the X Prize, and we did a, an empathy sort of prize, and, and Heidi kind of brought that in. And, you know, I've heard the word empathy, and I've always loved the, the idea of empathy. Really, not just sympathy, not feeling bad for someone, but really understanding their perspective, their point of view, and, and, and not just intellectually, but emotionally sort of connecting with it. Uh, and, it, and it goes hand in hand with Star Trek. I mean, your mother idea. played an empath on, and on the television. My mother played an empath on television. Absolutely, um, <laughs> she's an expert, right? Yeah. Well, that was a, a really interesting theme for me. That the, the, or the I forget the Beta Zeds. Um, Absolutely, the, exactly. That they, that they could feel. They couldn't necessarily read your mind, but uh, to, they could sense, sense the emotion. Exactly, stuff. exactly. And I think if we all had that ability, and I don't mean just in a sci-fi sci sense, we all do have that ability. Yeah. To to stop before we judge and try to put ourselves in someone else's shoes to the best of our ability and try to understand their perspective. Uh, you know, a bad guy isn't always just a bad guy. A bad guy has a point of view. A bad guy is doing what they're doing, and I'm using the word bad guy because I talked to my son about this. <coughs> He's four. He's four. Um, they're doing what they're doing because they feel they have to. They've been put in a position throughout mm -hmm. life. They've been brought up in a certain way. They haven't had opportunity. Whatever the case is. There is a legitimate perspective that you can understand. You don't have to agree with it, mm -hmm. um, but you can understand it. And by understanding it, you can make more informed decisions and, and how to address it. And Heidi, you mentioned that in the X Prize, and it's. I think if we could somehow put money towards that to make the world a better place, and I, I'll, I'll group that with education. And I don't mean STEM or STEAM. I mean social education, world education, experience. I've seen that, STEAM empathy. spelled with two E's, <laughs> where oh, the yeah. second E is empathy. Oh, I have not seen that. And then I saw somebody else, somebody, I also want to add in, I would personally add in an H 
and make a steam. I think we are not teaching history as well as uh, we perhaps should be. My father is a U.S. historian, and I'm required to say this. <laughs> no, but I do, I do agree. I think we'd see it. Uh, I don't think. I think if every American had a working understanding of American history, that the, a different person would be president. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> Sorry, I took yours. Was that, is that your answer? Is empathy no, the thing that went? I'm actually really surprised. I think you're right. One of my um, uh, previous guests said uh, schizophrenia. Oh. Uh, and he is, uh, and he's a, he would know he's an enormous funder uh, of uh, mental health research. And yet, and he actually says that, that, that Alzheimer's will be very soon. Uh, and then, the, but the big thing will be um, schizophrenia. Gosh, I feel like he's the only one. Uh, he has a very, uh, so he's the founder, of, it's Stephen Lieber, he's the founder of the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation, uh, which is they are, uh, other than NIMH, they're the biggest funder uh, on this issue. Uh, he, that was a, uh, he was a really interesting guy, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a. Uh, you know, I think you might be right. I think I think we probably will start in our lifetime uh, eradicating major diseases, mm-hmm. uh, and that's 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 very exciting. Did I take yours? No, uh, to be uh, not to be a contrarian, but I, I don't. I'm not. I, I I don't think philanthropy is going to solve anything. I think the people who get the money by hook or by crook will do the solving, and that. Yes, we will need grantees. The goal is for philanthropy to not get in their way of the work that they're doing um, and to support them. But I, I think the more people who identify as agents of change and who uh, take responsibility, uh, either because of empathy or or, or otherwise, um, the better off we're going to be as a, as a human race. Do you um, think we can solve that? Philanthropy can solve philanthropy. That is a great question. I, uh, Probably not. Probably not. But you're gonna try. Make, anyway. We're gonna make. Yeah, we're gonna make. We're gonna make. We're gonna make some dents. <laughs> we're gonna play around with it. Um, we'll 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 shake uh, we'll shake it up. But I I, I don't know. There, I there are a whole bunch of other issues that need to get solved yeah, uh, around philanthropy that uh, we don't have time for. But um, yeah, if the government got involved, you might be able to get more. There are some as an official foundation. I, one of the things I that I did early on was I let our stuff lapse, uh, and we and now uh, there's no official entity. Uh, for the for the Moss Foundation, I get the tax benefit when I make the gift. Oh, there you go. Um, and uh, I'm also less interested in the in the tax benefit than than other folks might be. I think, uh, to the chagrin of <laughs> some of the money folks, right? But um, I think the more you know, my grandmother never thought about it the way that you're thinking about it. If I talk, if I told her about talking to other uh, connecting grantees or talking to yeah. other funders or like being more uh, or, or trying to improve our giving, like that, this would have been. She, it would have sounded like gibberish, right? It's it's her money. However, she gives her money away is the correct way to give her money away, which I, I, is a valid point of view, uh, and is the point of view that I, I, a lot of people had it, right? But if you want, if you have social change goals, you want to solve a big problem. That's not you can't do it that way. Um, uh, it's been uh, thank you very much uh, for thank having you. me. This has been a fascinating conversation. Yeah. I'll let you get to your uh, to your dinner reservation. Thank you very Thanks, much, Rodriguez. Right, yeah, Appreciate thank it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Open Door Philanthropy featuring Rod Roddenberry. If you're interested in learning more about the work of the Roddenberry Foundation, check out roddenberryfoundation.org. And as always, if you're looking or willing to provide helpful and candid feedback on unfunded grant proposals, please sign up at unfundedlist.com.